0: Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. There are your professors, Caleb and Christian.
1: Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today, we are celebrating 150 episodes. And we figured, what better way to celebrate 150 episodes than to talk about cat folk? That's right. It's time for more cat folk. And we have with us today here... Uh, adjunct Professor Mark Moreland, Franchise Manager at Paizo.
0: Hi, gentlemen.
1: Mark, thank you so much for coming on. What a privilege.
0: Thank you for inviting me. I always love having the opportunity to speak to the fandom at large through podcasts like this. So it's, it's a great opportunity for me, and I, I'm looking forward to it.
1: And we always love the opportunity to get people fired at Paizo. Every guest <laughs> we've had at Paizo has left the company shortly before or afterwards, so... I'm sorry about this curse. And uh, we look forward to seeing where you go next.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, there, there's always greener pastures.
1: <laughs> well, there can't be much greener pastures in Piso because they gave us the wonderful cat folk. Mark, it's become a bit of a meme in our community that I'm a fan of cat folk, and we have been told that you are the go-to guy at Paizo for cat folk stuff, so we figured who better to chat with us about cat folk than you. Mark, are the rumors true?
0: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> you could say the, the yeah, cat is yeah. out of
1: the bag already. Yes,
0: I, Okay, I, wait uh, a Quick, I
1: have to interrupt you, Mark. I apologize. Christian, you will not be doing that this whole episode. <laughs> I will not hear all your cat puns. I will not hear your cat jokes. <laughs> Then I'll say them very quietly. (laughs) Oh, no. Editor, edit those out. Editor, editor, edit edit all those out. Speaking of editing, here, I got this great joke about editors. What do you get when you combine an editor? So, Mark, we interrupted you. You were going to say.
0: Yes, I have become, for better or worse, Paizo's (laughs) catfolk expert, Mm -hmm. in part because (laughs) other people decided that I was going to become the catfolk expert. I uh, was developing... The Pathfinder Player Companion line two or three years ago, I, I can't remember exactly the date that that uh, we started working on it, but uh, at the time that we we were putting together the Blood of the Beast product, which focuses on a number of anthropomorphic animal races, the gripply, catfolk, tengu... Uh, rat folk there's others in there maybe venara i I don't i don't have the book in front of me so i'm not sure exactly what's in it well
1: mark i do and you're correct (laughs) venara naga g and let me tell you gripleys i'm not a huge fan of short races but when i realized how short gripleys actually are how absolutely tiny they immediately became adorable
0: yeah, tree frogs are not big, so when we were looking at that race we you know said, you know, they're they're pretty skinny, they're uh they're pretty short, so let's uh let's keep them at that and uh I think they may be the smallest player race that we've got. I mean, they're certainly smaller than halflings and gnomes. Uh just in terms of Total body mass. So you're saying
1: that this the moniker of catfolk guy has been forced on you, and West pushed you forward as someone to contact for this, and has perpetuated forcing this onto you.
0: Yeah, no, it, I don't have anything against catfolk. Let me let me start by saying that. And in fact,
1: <laughs> our our guest expert on the show today, catfolk expert, does not have anything
0: against them. I mean, I could I could see how my tone could be misconstrued mm-hmm. as dismissive of cat folk. I think that they like katanas and firearms and a few other subjects in fantasy gaming. They're very divisive. You know, people either love them or hate them and the people who love them are very vocal and much like the katana and firearms. There are many ways to represent cat folk in play uh, in a role-playing game and all of them are wrong, according to someone. You know, there's, there's there's no right way to do cat folk because someone will always be upset that you didn't do it the way that they want. I mean, some people mm-hmm. want the anime cat girl who's basically a human with cat ears and a tail. Mm-hmm. Some people want the cat folk who's more lithe and, um, you know, sinewy, like a, like a Khajiit from the Elder Scrolls games. Right. And then some people want, like
1: thundercats, thundercats. <laughs> exactly
0: exactly and i've always been more in the thundercats camp it's certainly dating me yeah that's always been sort of my view of cat folk but invariably uh there are people who envision cat folks differently and we ourselves have fallen into this this uh hole this trap in our art for cat folk over the course of you know the the first catfolk probably appeared in I think Bestiary 2. It appeared as a as a monster before it appeared as a playable race. They appeared as the monsters they are. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Anyone who owns a cat knows that they are really monsters. They may <laughs> they have very high charisma scores, but they are certainly monsters.
1: I just looked it up Bestiary 3.
0: Yeah, Bestiary 3. Okay. We've done all the different variants of the Cat folk. so it has spawned no end of discussion on our message boards about which version is the true canon Pathfinder version, to which I say, yes, mm. they are yeah. all canon until we say otherwise.
1: I'm with you. I think that's actually a really cool strength is that you get to pick which one you do like.
0: Yeah, and ultimately, you know, at, in a tabletop game where we don't have, you know, a graphic designer who's who's creating the models for what your catfolk character looks like and forcing you to play that, you know, if you play Skyrim and you're a Khajiit, you look like they say a Khajiit looks like. And mm-hmm. we give people the ability to, even if all of our artwork picked one of the three styles and someone wanted to be a different one. There's no reason that you can't describe or illustrate your character however you want in your game. Despite being the franchise manager and basically the in-house canon wonk, I'll be the first to say that it's your game and your catfolk can be however you want. One of the reasons that that I became the yuck-yuck Paizo expert on catfolk <laughs> is that I've actually played one in an office game, um, which... No one else that I know of except maybe Eric Keith, who works on our tech team, has actually done that basically made it so that I was the guy that they lumped catfolk onto. I guess that's fine, you know. Uh it's, are it's are sort we of, perpetuating
1: yeah. some sort of office bullying atmosphere? This yes, yeah, discussion no, of this topic. Yeah,
0: no, I will. I will be the first to admit that you are perpetuating some <laughs> uh, some office harassment. Uh, none of it has crossed the line yet. Uh, anytime the conversation on catfolk gets into like insinuations about being a furry the conversation stops and so that's where that's where we we know to draw the line internally Uh, but that's sort of the unspoken joke about people who play a lot of anthropomorphic races in games is you know the furry subculture Right. And which is that,
1: oh so fair because every time i don't know christian plays an elf i go are you part of the elf subculture are you an <laughs> elfie
0: exactly Wah! yeah and i i have personally been you know been one to make jokes where you know the furry subculture was the the butt of the joke and and over the years i've come to to realize that that's that's sort of a crappy thing to do. And so I, I I don't really do that as much anymore, but that sort of was the, the origination of this joke that, Oh, mm-hmm. Mark, Mark played a catfolk in James's game. So, you know, he must be the catfolk guy, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not a small fandom. It is one of the most requested races that we get for people to play in Pathfinder society. It's one of the most requested races that we get for us to do expansions on blood of the beast sold extremely well. I think that it's, quite possibly out of print already, even though it's just a few years old, there clearly is a market for it. And I think that trying to join this often maligned subculture with playable race in a fantasy game, I think it's it's lazy bullying. It's not even trying very hard.
1: <laughs> and I, for one, am excited for our next guest, the head of HR at Paizo, <laughs> to discuss our... <laughs>
0: Good, good. I've been, uh, I've been meaning for that to, to be a topic of discussion for quite some time.
1: Well, when we talked with Wes, he sort of had like a little, you know, laughter in the back of his throat. And he was like, yeah, you guys should talk to Mark Morland about that. And I suspected that there was something going on. And you know what, Mark? I want you to blow the lid off of this conspiracy because there's something happening here. Most blood of books, player companions are, you know, significant. And they cover like one race, but Blood of Beasts covers seven and is only 32 pages long. What's the backstory behind this book?
0: Blow the lid off this whole thing! Well, I I mean, it's not much of a lid. It, it's just 32 pages is how big our player companions are. It didn't make sense given the number of, for lack of better words, bestial races, the anthropomorphic animal races that we had. We knew that we didn't have time in our schedule given all the other player companions that we need to release over the course of a year to do a book on each of them and honestly we're a little worried about what the marketplace would be for a 32 page book all about grippli or a 32 page sure. book all about nagaji because they are relatively fringe races compared to Asimar or tiefling or right. i guess the 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 best comparison in terms of doing more than one race in one player companion would be blood of the elements which was the genie kin book and that covered the ifrit the suli the sylph the undine and oread i mean that covered five races right there the reception to that was good enough that we said we can do more than one or two races in these and still provide enough content that someone who only wants to play a rat folk or a cat folk or whatever can can feel like this book is giving them something worth the purchase price but not give so much that someone who has no interest in playing one specific race is not going to buy the book and clearly you know we we hit that balance because the book was very well received um except For those people who say that you didn't do the, you know, kitsune exactly the way I wanted to do the kitsune from the anime I watched when I was a kid. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, you're right. We didn't. That's just the nature of the beast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're banned from puns too. Both of you. Uh, Mark, what a level-headed reason to answer. However, I am from the internet, so I'm going to choose believe that there is still something behind there, despite all the facts and direct opinions you gave here as a first party source. <laughs> There's something going on here, and I don't care what you say. Hey,
0: you're the you're the the host of the show. You get to decide the rules. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. You hear that, Christian?
1: I'm the host of the show. Don't tell him that, please. <laughs> So now you said you had some insights on the inner workings of Paizo, and you're willing to share them with us. So please, go ahead, tell us about how Paizo plans to use catfolk in the future of Galarian.
0: Oh, it's interesting that you should ask that, because I was just in a meeting where we were trying to decide which races. Hello? Hello. It's me, Devin, the guy who edits the podcast. Now,
1: we could listen to these guys blabber on about whatever it is they think we want to hear about. But I spend more time with these episodes than anyone else. And I know what you guys want. And that's a compilation of every time Caleb has talked about catfolk. Roll it. Today's lesson is on the catfolk race. While clearly humanoid, they possess many feline features, including a coat of soft, fine fur. I always picture feline law. Fat art. Let's talk about how awesome catfolks are. I love the (laughs) idea of catfolk. I run them very heavily in my campaign. They're featured predominantly. I use them as kind of a Native American theme cat folk look like apparently caleb likes cat folks we found out <laughs> right uh, but cat folk are are just my favorite just from a visual perspective i'm a very visual person i mean i've already seen two dicks of cat new player and just give them the old cat dick hey caleb <laughs> this idea of a cat folk cavalier that one day i'll make but i've yet to make in general cat folk are alive and slender neko these are cat folk essentially uh what you would, many animes love to have them cat folk with- it's the cute girl with the with the little God, cat ears little cat stopped. tail Stop. okay what no cat folk anything I- cat folks are humanoids with the cat folk subtype very cat like being a cat as a cat there's a catfolk in these, like, high garfieldies. Some catfolk have a stronger and more developed grippling muscles, all just like you'd have on a cat. Catfolk are naturally inquisitive about the world around them, though some are more curious than others. Cats need to be playful, and they see society as a game. They hit the, the society ball of yarn around. Catfolk with this racial... Catfolk exemplar. Theme of the cat. Catfolk yeah. player, and, like, they get hexed by something, or... <laughs> he's a cat now. He's black cat. And catfolk's generally friendly disposition doesn't preclude craftiness. Catfolk cat burglar. Only catfolk rogues can take. One of my issues with catfolk is that Caleb is the only person that's obsessed with them apparently. It's true. I love these guys, and they really have no support. Catfolk. I gotta say Yeah, the cat burglarge There's feline grace, you need cat like. Oh it's almost exactly the catfolk with just a few changes. Right. Feline. A catfolk with this talent you sent. Catfolk racial traits. And so the catfolk have two. Cat's claws. Cat's claw racial trait or aspect of the beast claws. Does catfolk receive a plus cat's luck. Clever cat? Catfolk had cat caught on to all this. Seeing this guy with the rippling muscles, with his shirt off all the time. Some cat folk favorite. The male cat folk waiter, burly and muscled. So I'll take him out on a date. I mean, uh, in them, it's also a good picture of what cat folk look like. Any feline features include, and that's the cat folk. One of my favorite races. That's really interesting. Christian, Do you even suspect that that was going to be the case? I'm even more excited for 2nd Edition now. So, speaking of 2nd Edition, I imagine it'll be some time before we do see Catfolk in 2nd Edition. It's not coming out until, what, September or August, and then who knows how long before they introduce Catfolk. But 2nd Edition does some interesting things with races. I can't help but wonder what they'll look like. So, what's your 2nd Edition wish list for Catfolk?
0: So for me, as someone who's played two catfolk in ongoing campaigns, uh, one was actually... Well, yeah, you're the catfolk person at Paizo. I'm the catfolk person at Paizo, (laughs) yeah. Um, My first catfolk character was actually not a catfolk. It was a Rakasta, which is an old uh, TSR cat race from the Mystara setting uh, that first appeared in the Isle of Dread module. And when my group was playing through the Savage Tides adventure path, which was the final dungeon era... AP that Paizo did. My GM said, hey, you guys can play the following races that appeared in the original Isle of Dread. And so I played the Catfolk equivalent. And then I played an actual Pathfinder Catfolk in one of James Jacobs' games. And one of the reasons that I like them is both because I think it's a fun roleplay opportunity to not just be a classic Tolkien fantasy race, but also mechanically, they tend to have a good mix of martial and social ability scores they often have a dexterity bonus and a charisma bonus sometimes a wisdom bonus to indicate that they're you know able to see in the dark and hear small sounds and things. I have a cat so I would not actually say that intelligence or wisdom are stats <laughs> that a cat gets a bonus in but <laughs> um but certainly charisma and certainly dexterity and that lends uh, lends itself to some really cool character concepts from a mechanical standpoint. So I played at first he started as a as a monk and my GM let me use his natural claws as unarmed strike so I could do piercing and slashing damage and have that scale with my monk damage. Uh, so I would love to see Catfolk have some natural attacks. definitely. Yeah, as part of their Ancestry feat options. I would love to see them have... Yeah, a pounce ability. I remember that being a thing that I think it was a 3-5 feet called Catfolk Pounce that basically let your Catfolk be super overpowered and get a full attack.
1: Yeah, I was going to say be careful. You're going to trigger Christian.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that there's balance concerns because I think one of the reasons people want to play Catfolk is similar to the reason they want firearms and katanas is that... They are categorically undisputably better than all the other races and all the other weapons, and that's a very dangerous game for the people making a game to go down. Uh, you know, hey, just real
1: quick, i just gonna write down this quote official quote from Paizo cat folk are categorically the best race. Yeah, ca-
0: ca- categorically is the word there. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> Both of you.
1: See, that just only reminded me of the feet catfolk pounce that's in Pathfinder. And it's just, you get really excited. because like, what? They get pounce? It's like, oh, they just don't get a penalty when they charge sometimes. Man. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark. Hey, Mark, real quick. I just got to talk to Christian aside. Hey, Christian, can I talk to you aside a second? Yeah. What hey, did I can, tell you about on? talking negatively about Paizo in front of our guest, Christian? Sure just, right? You know, next time I tell name you, name so we have on the Paizo. All right, we're going to talk it's about, it's about it's this later. Is that how I
0: came I'm sorry.
1: Hey Mark, we're back. Great, so glad you're still here. <laughs> something I think would be cool from almost purely a role-playing perspective, but I'm sure we can throw stats on it, is I would like to see like a prehensile tail part of their ancestry feats. It'd be neat to like grab stuff with my tail. I don't mean they need to necessarily wield weapons, I mean sure, but just to like grab stuff would be cool.
0: It's certainly something that we've done before with other races. I mean, the Alchemist has the ability to have a vestigial arm that can hold stuff, and we've got the Ratfolk and Tiefling have the ability to have a prehensile tail. I mean, as long as it doesn't cut into the action economy, which a lot of additional limbs have a tendency to do in games, it's really just a, a flavorful Thing I mean, it doesn't really break anything for your character to be able to hold three things instead of just two things.
1: Yeah, now that I think about it, in second edition, it really doesn't matter that much how many limbs you have, given the action system.
0: Yeah, with where where you have more actions and everything takes an action, we've sort of eliminated the the free action and swift action from the game. That's sort of ironically bogged down combat instead of speeding it up. It's uh, something I'd like to see. I mean, cats don't actually have prehensile tails, um, so. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, I I don't need
1: your facts. I don't need your truth. (laughs) Look, I need my fantasy. That's what I need, all right? I need my guns, I need my katanas, and I need my cats.
0: (laughs) I am the arbiter of what is and is not canon in Galarian, and I say right now with my official not canon stamp, which I have at my desk, that (laughs) prehensile tales on Catfolk are not a thing until we say that they are. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> an emotional roller coaster you're sending yes, me through yeah uh
0: yeah i mean it, that's the type of thing that we that we would consider when putting something like that in the game is you know one is this based on actual the animal that this is based on and two does it take options away from creatures where a prehensile tail is more core to their sure. identity so we wouldn't want to make Prehensile Tales so ubiquitous that when someone played, you know, a Monkey Goblin or Venara, we don't want to make something so ubiquitous that it stops being cool for the races where that's their shtick. But at the same time, because second edition, at least as as it currently stands in the playtest, gives you a lot of options. You don't automatically get all the Catfolk stuff when you choose to play a Catfolk. It's not like everyone's going to play a Catfolk so that they can have the prehensile Mm. tail. It could be an option that they're able to take with one of their Ancestry feats.
1: Yeah, it's one of the cool things about second edition, being able to pick the ones you want.
0: Yeah, I, I really like the design space that opens up with ancestries because it means that since we're talking about cat folks, say that we we wanted to have sub ethnicities of catfolk, mm. and you have the desert catfolk that are more like, you know, an Egyptian cat, and you have the jungle catfolk that are more like a panther or a jaguar, and you want to have the plains catfolk that are more like a lion or a cheetah. Um, Mark,
1: I'm in love with this.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, I, I only use catfolk as the example. You could do the same thing with just about any of the ancestries in the game. Um, sure. but but it it goes to show that you can really expand. The variety, your options for uh, for just about any ancestry in the, the new version of the game as as it currently stands. Gosh, that's so
1: good! It's almost like you've been a designer by trade. <laughs> it's
0: it's almost like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, something that's been explored in the alternate racial traits for catfolk in first edition was their ability to be socially proficient. I think it's called like curious cat, and there's another one involving diplomacy. Do you foresee that becoming more of a core shtick of the Catfolk, should they appear in future versions?
0: Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, there will be Catfolk in second edition. It's just a question of when. We've got over a decade of Pathfinder that everyone's clamoring for their favorite thing. And so we sort of have to prioritize which things we're going to do first and which we're going to do later.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'll be getting my Catfolk kineticist right away. (laughs) Yes, yeah, no. Who wields katanas. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and and firearms with their prehensile tail yeah and <laughs> exactly. and you, and you can guy. actually cross you could say you were raised by uh kitsune and have nine prehensile tails how about that i'm crack that? second edition wide yeah, I just, open i just broke the broke the internet right there <laughs> like i said earlier that i think that the general perception that that cat folk have high charisma lends itself well to them having a lot of social options as well to tell you about my character which i know all rpg players and gms love for other people to tell them about their characters <laughs> my original character he started as a monk and ended up like retraining into a paladin because of just a number of events that took place during the course of the campaign so the the charisma definitely helped there but i became like the face of the party much to the party chagrin because they often wanted very different things out of social encounters than I did because I was, you know, the snooty paladin and they wanted to rob people and kill them. <laughs> I like that aspect of cat folk. I think that that's something that the Khajiit in Elder Scrolls do. You know, they're always the sort of the merchants. They're a little bit shadier in, in terms of their charisma, but that level of like smooth talking and like, you want to buy some skooma? That is something that I like. Uh, I played then a rogue with my other a rogue ranger, with my other cat folk in the in my paiso office game, yeah, and, and having that extra ability to just be smooth in a social situation was very handy.
1: I just find cats to be excellent liars. You find out about that by finding out who fed the cat today. How many people <laughs> have <laughs> fed the cat today? You did. You did. The neighbors did. The neighbors across the street did. Because really, when it the came cat? to me, it looked really hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, cats are good liars, and they can be like. It totally wasn't me that just knocked that vase off the the table here right next to me. Like,
1: <laughs> oh, they'll make eye contact with you while they do it too. Oh yeah,
0: and then and then when you scold them, they're like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, no, cat, cats are inveterate liars, and <laughs> and at the same time, that that same skill also makes it so that you can be mad at the cat, and it, all it has to do is just open its eyes. At you and tilt its head just the right way. Right. And then you can't be mad at it anymore. So, uh, you know, if I had a blank slate and no concerns for balance, I would basically just say that cat folk succeed on all diplomacy checks, critical success every time. <laughs>
1: Listen, you're a scumbag, but you are soft. And that kind of undoes everything, all the complaints I have against you. Come here, pet you. Uh, now I want, in second edition, when you guys introduce firearms, there needs to be a water gun that only ever affects cat folks.
0: <laughs> Makes them run away.
1: Yeah, catnip that. You know, the cat folk don't know that nobody else is affected by it. They're selling it. Oh, man, it's going to be great for you. What? It's not working? I don't understand. Makes yeah, us well- go crazy.
0: One of the jokes in the office game that, that we played was it, we were playing in Osirian and I was a cat folk. And so the joke was that the whole world was my litter box. You know, like, oh, look oh. at all this sand, you know, I can just <laughs> go wherever. And they'd be like, you know, we would be having a conversation in character. And then one of the other oh, no. one of the other players would just start to say, you know, like, can you not do that here while we're talking to you? Like, I know you're covering it up, but it's not, you know, they would sort of... <laughs> react to my character doing things i never said my character was doing as a way that's always
1: great all these insults thrown at us who play cat folk and who's the one making us poop in public you weren't the one doing it you weren't the one putting exactly. that forth it
0: was exactly your... <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> they're putting that on you uh-huh no it's it's fine
1: that's always the dichotomy when there's one person when that's an anthropomorph and ev- that that's what everyone else goes to but when i played caleb's campaign. On this server, where everyone was uh, anthropomorphic of some kind, like those just kind of fall to the wayside and everyone feels like a normal person and those don't come up anywhere near as often.
0: Yeah, I think that that's true. I mean, I think that some of the stigma against playing anthropomorphic characters is because they are often not the focus of campaigns and they're not the focus of nations in the settings. Um, and Galarian is guilty of that to some degree as well. I mean, we don't have a ratfolk nation. We don't have a catfolk nation, at least on the map. I mean, we've we've said that there's... Um, Muriseth, which exists south of the edge of the inner sea map in Gerund. But we've never done a map of Muriseth. We've never really talked about it other than to say, yep, that's where the Catfolk live. So that does sort of present anthropomorphic races as this exotic other thing that I personally love making dwarf innuendo jokes. It's it's an ongoing thing at Paizo to name dwarf porn magazines or movies. You know things like Deep Shaft and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> Wait. <whoa. laughs>
1: I think we're just finding here that we will sexualize anything. It doesn't really matter what it is.
0: Gamers are gamers. Even those of us who, you know, work at, at the company making the game. You know, our games have just as many Monty Python and Star Wars quotes in them as anyone else's. It's harder to make those jokes about elves and halflings and gnomes than it is about the thing that you have one character who's of that race if if you think about it, it it's sort of a microcosm of the real world you know if you have one person who's from a part of the world that is foreign to everyone else that person is going to be exotified and often the butt of jokes and so this is the sjw in me coming out but (laughs) next time you're making fun of cat folk just remember there are real people in the real world who are the quote unquote cat folk and they deserve respect
1: i think there's a lot of cool role-playing room being the people that aren't the locals and not even just the local to the city but local to like let me see your map. Yeah, I'm not local to any of this. My place is down below the map. You guys haven't decided we we're important enough to, to chart our territory. That's something cool. Like you always we you come across catfolk everywhere. There's room for that to so not everyone have a nation in your immediate play space.
0: Yeah, I, that's one thing that I think Starfinder does really well is this idea that mm. you can have a party that is sort of the you know where everyone is not just from a different part of. The planet or a different part of the same system. They're from different parts of the galaxy, you know, and and I think that Galarian is very humanocentric. That's something that's sort of been core to the world design of Pathfinder from the beginning, is that humans should make up the bulk of characters. And that does make it so that if you're playing an elf, you're automatically a little bit more exotic than if Everyone is an elf. But at the same time, it means that if you want to play something that's even more on the fringe, then you're two steps removed from human, and therefore you're even more of an outsider. And so, yeah, it does create some cool roleplay opportunities, but it also runs the risk of hijacking the story that you're telling and it stops being about the party and starts being about this one character who came from the other side of the world and it just doesn't fit in and so that's always a balance you need to strike with with the rest of your group
1: as the in-house mechanics guy i'd have to say that starfinder not only does that well from a role-playing and setting perspective but also really well from a mechanical perspective perspective where if you have trox in first edition well the way that natural weapons work and the way that having multiple arms works makes them obscenely powerful and you know very much unlike the rest of the party having a trox Starfinder, no problem at all the fact that the action economy was rebalanced doesn't make that a weird thing doesn't make it very powerful and seemingly second edition with the rebalancing the action economy hopefully is going to be the same way i'm sorry all i heard was that you want Catfolk and Starfinder—they are now. Is that what you said? Well, Well, there is a there's a cat race.
0: Yeah, but they're not catfolk. They're not Galarian catfolk. Although, yeah, Christian. Although maybe Galarian (laughs) catfolk came from this other planet. I mean, who knows? There can be cross-pollination in two directions between Pathfinder and Starfinder. Why, why are elves the only ones who get to be from another planet?
1: Wait, wait elves are from another planet? I know nothing about Galarian lore. We, we shouldn't go down this road. It will take the entire episode. But the one thing I do know about Galarian lore that you're talking about here about the cat folks, where they're from here. I know that there's like some secrets that they're protecting something down there. You guys haven't really revealed it yet. And we're so excited to ask you about that. Could you tell us about what is the secret thing they're guarding?
0: Well... Yeah, we thought with the cat folk, you go on the internet, everything is is a cat. And so we thought they the cats need to be involved in everything. It's impossible for you to put up a Christmas tree or do anything. (laughs) Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey. Can you hear me? Look, I don't care what they're talking about. We need to talk about what's really important. I know it's been a joke, ha ha ha, Christian doesn't like small races. And you know what, I don't. But you know what, neither do you. And I know what you're thinking, Christian, you can't know what the world thinks, but I do. And I have the data to back it up. Let's start with Pathfinder. Oh yeah, right there in the core, we got gnomes, halflings, and don't think I didn't notice you in the corner there, dwarf. Well, okay, right off the bat, over half of these are comic relief races. Well, you know what, let's round that list off. Goblin? Kobolds. Rat folks. Very serious races here, guys. Stop laughing at them. Oh, but Christian, this is just like your opinion, man. No, it's your opinion. But how do I show you that? How do I make you see the truth you already believe? Well, let's start with online quizzes. You know, who's your favorite race type threads on Paizo and Reddit and other terrible places? Humans. Asimars, Skinwalkers? Okay. Small races. Shunted. Way to the bottom. Well, how about class guides? The ones written up to help you play the game and interact with the world and suggest effective races. Humans. Asimar, Hathels. But w- why limit this to Pathfinder? Because that's not the only place tainted by the foul presence of small races. World of Warcraft. Least popular races? Dwarf. Gnome. I know. Surprising, isn't it? Let's look at the box office success of movies with small races. Gnomeo, it tanked. Smurfs, hardly breaking even. Alvin and the Chipmunks, actually still going strong, but they're anthropomorphs, and that really throws a wrench into things, but I haven't fully collated that data yet. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you accept it now? No, 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 no. We need to look at the real world, our world. The Bermuda Triangle, 1939. You see, what really happens... I tell you, I can't wait to see all those things you mentioned come to fruition. Who would have known that that was what they had been so secretive about in their homeland? And that is why they're guarding it with such ferocity.
0: That's not even all of it. You have to stay tuned to get the full story, but that, that scoop should keep you tantalized until then.
1: And, and, you know, thank you for giving us that world's first exclusive. So, Mark, it's been told to us that there are twos of people at Paizo that like cat folk, and I was wondering, is that true? Do we have any more catfolk allies embedded in the trenches of Paizo? Uh,
0: Eric Keith in uh, our tech department is the only other person I know of who is, has admitted to playing a catfolk at Paizo.
1: You have to admit it, because you're going to be bullied. Exactly,
0: exactly. And he sits on the other side of the building, one floor down. So whether he gets bullied or not, I really have no insight into. I see him when I walk to the warehouse, so. You two need to band together. Eric, if you need help, blink twice (laughs) next time I walk by.
1: (laughs) No, everything's really fine. I'm really happy, Eric, blinking furiously.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, the the air must be really dry down there. He's always blinking at me when I walk by. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we need to get him some eye drops. The thing is, like, there, I would say that Paizo by and large is more of a cat company than a dog company. Far more awesome. Paizo employees have cats than have dogs. I think that if we can loosen the stigma on playing cat folk that more people would embrace it or admit that they've embraced or it or admit that they have yeah that they have an all cat folk campaign that they play online with their friends you know at mm-hmm. home you and i
1: mentioned once that we play a cat folk and all of a sudden oh here come the memes here come the it jokes is, you know what i i want to talk about hi, this not once. They, no they, no christian wait <laughs> you know this might not be something mark or his employers want him associated with so oh oh what's happening oh we're losing connection oh mark oh no what happened looks like we lost him and that it's only me and Christian and only Christian and I are here how odd you guys keep calling me a furry I'm not I just like the aesthetic of animals that look like people it's as old as time heck the Egyptians thought it was cool too if anything history's got my back on this what even is the definition of a furry anyway because I've tried to look it up and no one agrees Is that Is it that you want to Dress in a fursuit And identify as an animal Then no I don't have a fursona If it's that you find Animal people sexy Then fine I guess so Maybe You know what Christian I like boobs They're soft I like to rub my face against And touch them all over They're great you draw something with boobs Chances are I'm still gonna like them Covered in fur Make boobs even softer Sounds good to me You know what If liking boobs Makes me a furry Then guilty is charged But guess what I don't want to cats and unless you have access to my search history you can't prove me wrong oh wait what's this looks like we're getting mark back mark sorry looks like we had some technical problems for a second there yeah
0: no it may have been on my end i don't know yeah i'm sorry so you could
1: join us again because you certainly weren't here for the past let's say 17 and a half seconds and no court in the world will be able to prove otherwise Certainly nothing said in that time would reflect on you, your employers or your station, nor would you have any knowledge of the contents of said conversation.
0: Yeah, no, I, I um, I'm sure that it was all uh, just you guys scrambling to get me back because uh, uh, what? that's certainly yes. what I was doing on my end. I was I'll definitely not searching for anything else on the internet.
1: We, we heard a meow and then a crash. We assumed your cat got access to your computer <laughs> desk. Not sure what happened from there. She di-
0: she did actually jump up on my lap a few minutes ago, but she was quiet and then got distracted by something down the hall and ran off. Um, so no uh, no cameo from Zoe today. At least I told you you
1: shouldn't have put your Christmas tree next to your computer. That was a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah, wow. Well. Everything's got to be wireless.
0: I have a bunch of little figurines that are very fragile right on the edge of my desk. I'm just waiting for her to come and decide that those need to get pushed off, but she's more interested in whatever's <laughs> going on outside the window.
1: I'm sure that'll last for all of 13 seconds.
0: We've talked about, you know, the mechanics of catfolk, catfolk uh, going forward in the future. I mean, I actually I I think that the Pathfinder campaign setting benefits from having more variety in the races that it offers and that we could do a better job of shining a spotlight on those other characters and if we had a fiction line that was alive uh, by the way if there's a publisher out there looking to do tie-in fiction for a fantasy role-playing game setting we're looking for a new partner so if we had a fiction line i would love to see us do more with cat folk and other anthropomorphic races just as a way of establishing the setting as being different than standard tolkien uh, fantasy so
1: just sprinkle there this is all. this just happens to be one npc look at that
0: yeah yeah no and and that's sort of what we've done with catfolk thus far is there was one in the shattered star uh ap and there's you know one in mummy's mask and one here one, one there but it's hard to really present an entire culture through one npc especially when they are most often serving as like the odd man out in an established city or organization. I would love to see more with them. And uh, depending on how many tens of thousands of hits this podcast episode gets, that may determine...
1: Certainly that number.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) Seeing how much people liked Blood of the Beast really did indicate to us that this was an aspect of our game that there was interest in. So if people do want to see more Catfolk, and I mean this... Seriously, this, you know, not a, not as a a joke, let us know. Come on our message boards when we are soliciting feedback on what you folks would like to see in the game, either from a setting standpoint or just from a mechanical standpoint, let us know and, you know. Keep it civil and we'll uh, we'll take that into account. But, uh, you know, once you come in and tell us we're doing cat folk wrong, that doesn't make us want to to do that more.
1: I mean, this completely as a joke and not seriously at all. You heard him. Ten thousand downloads. Cat folk are in second edition. Make it happen, listeners. <laughs> Spread the word. were His exact words. They were. They were. And I figure the best way to get you to ever come on our show again is to constantly mischaracterize everything you say, each time less and less seeming like a joke.
0: It it makes this feel just like a day at work. Um, is what it does, you know. I have everything I say taken out of context and used against me is is really how Paizo has kept me for eight years.
1: Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time. I know with confidence that we're going to be seeing a lot more cat folk in the coming years because I know than us randos on a only moderately successful and barely relevant podcast was enough to convince you to petition for their inclusion. I can't see that going any other way than there to be significant changes after today's episode. I could tell it's affected you on a deeply emotional and dare I say, spiritual level. But Mark, jokes aside, you were too kind with your time and putting up with this episode's absurd premise and our dumb jokes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there something or somewhere you would like to point our listeners to, to get more of you?
0: You can find me on Twitter. It's mostly just me uh, reposting other people's uh, stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at Yoda ate my head. That's, you know, Yoda, the little green guy from Star Wars, the number eight, and then my head. And uh, yeah, that's that's the best place. I'm on Facebook too. If you look for Mark Moreland author, uh, that's where my fan page is. I don't uh, friend random people on the internet on my personal Facebook, but you can certainly follow my professional page. And yeah, those are the best two spots. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, hearing people's thoughts on the show and on Cat Folk on those.
1: Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. And also, how could we end this episode without saying thank you to our listeners? 150 episodes. Thank you all so much for listening to all of them. Yes, I know you've listened to every single one. That's the way this show is designed. Uh, But thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed.
0: Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonnell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.
1: Oh hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just getting ready to open up our presents. Hey Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they got to be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site, tblazer.net, for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, get some eggnog, pour yourself a cup of cheer, grab some dice and join us. All right, Christian, this one's for me. Open it up. Ooh, but it, oh, but oh, Caleb, a, a bag of dice. How unexpected.